This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin on an overreaction Tuesday, the first of the year. I am Ben Kenny. That is Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, it's good to see you. I'll say that. It's good to see you. It's been a long time since last Thursday. A lot has happened. We had a good time Thursday night. It was fun. We're going to have another good time uh, this Thursday night out at Monk's. But we had a good time last Thursday. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We so, stayed after. We watched some football. A lot of good football that night. A lot of good. Well, a lot of football. I entertaining a lot of football. Yeah, a lot yeah, of entertaining yeah, yeah. football. There you go. Yep. I, I can't place the word good on the run game of either Purdue or Penn State. But Big Ten week one happened. We'll get to it. We have stock up, stock down from the week coming up here in a little bit. Obviously, the big game to talk about. It is, as I said, our first overreaction Tuesday, which will become now a weekly occurrence with Wisconsin into their season. They take care of business Saturday night, 38 to nothing win over Illinois State, outgained the Redbirds 440 total yards to 43. Braylon Allen uh, was Braylon Allen. The defense pitched a shutout. The pass game looked quite good. Uh, what says Zach Heilprin about what he saw on the field? A lot of good, a lot of things that you can improve on. And they're all things that like, I don't look at it and be like, oh gosh, there's just no way you're going to be able to improve that. Um, whether it was, you know, those first down throws down the sideline by the defense, talk to Jim Leonard today. And, you know, sometimes you just have to tip your cap. Some good plays from, from Zach Anikstad in the, in the past game, uh, you know, defensively, some mistakes, some penalties on special teams. Uh, I don't, I'm really struggling to take issue with a lot of things that happen on offense. Maybe some of the run game stuff outside of the 96 yard uh, touchdown, but for the most part, kind of what you were hoping to hoping to see, especially out of Graham Mertz, who I think I think has taken a step, not a stride, but has taken a step towards perhaps taking a stride um, from one year to the next. That's where I want to start, and we'll get into the defense. We'll break it down from all the angles. I, I want to start with the offense. I want to start with the quarterback specifically. I was told back in the day, years ago, uh, when I first got into following college football closely, that a, a wise man does not draw drastic conclusions from week one, but instead makes observations. So uh, it's different from the NFL, naturally, because the NFL has mostly a preseason. The guys are into the swing of it. When you look at Wisconsin's game, when you look at Ohio State, Notre Dame, drawing, you know, massive conclusions saying, you know, that's the team we're going to see all year. It's irresponsible because it's their first time on the field uh, getting film with this team, facing off against another team, all of that. So starting with the quarterback, I, I don't think we're going to draw drastic conclusions here, Zach, unless you have uh, something up your sleeve. No, no. no. Uh, so my general observation, just to start big picture, Compared to last season, I think it's fair to say he looked different. Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. You're a big film guy. You like going back and watching the game and, and breaking it down and, well, and deciding, you know, what's... I, I'm not trying... This is not me trying to be in, uh, you know, trying to make fun. I'm just saying, you go back, watch the game, you post clips on Twitter. That That's the type of film guy yes, that you are. Yes, I was unable to do that mostly. Thank you to Fox Sports for... Uh, I guess it's not their fault, but they kind of butchered the whole transition from Tulsa, Wyoming to the Wisconsin game started oh, really? on Fox sports Two, Therefore a uh, big chunk of it was 
unavailable for me to rewatch. Well, you know it's on the Fox Sports app, right? Uh, I was it wasn't working when I tried to do it. Okay, all right, cool. Either way, way too many commercials in that thing. It's impossible to watch the game. Yep, I tried to I tried to watch it last night. Impossible to do, um, just because I don't want to sit through a minute, four minutes of commercials every every time they go to break. It's like, you know, whatever. But when you go and look at what Graham did in this game, and maybe you probably haven't gone back and look what he did against Eastern Michigan last year. Would you see a significant difference? His numbers are actually would not be too different. He was 14 of 17 in that game, 14 of 16 in this one. Had he wanted to throw away the ball a few times instead of running out of bounds, maybe his numbers are 14 of 17, 14 of 18 instead. The two play, the two ones that were the two incompletions were drops. I think we can we can straight up say that. I'm just wondering in your mind, do you think there was a significant difference? And maybe that's something that sitting here on a Tuesday, it's a little bit too late to go back and and look at that. But I wonder if they are. I think there is in the time. Well, this also goes to Bobby Engram, but in uh, the timing of the offense and the timing of when the ball's out. And I, I use the word crisp on Saturday to describe a lot of just the, you know, when you break it down to his feet move, the ball goes out. It's on time on target. I think he had a lot more tight window throws that he made against Illinois State than he did against Eastern Michigan last year. I don't have that whole game in front of me, but just off the top of my head, I also am comparing it back to last season as a whole. And even there's the Eastern Michigan game. I would even go to the Rutgers game where he played really well, the Northwestern game where he played well, not the ones where he struggled, where we thought, you know, we saw great things from him. I still think this was our first sign of at least mild difference. The best, the best thing that Graham did was he didn't make, you talk about Rutgers game, he played well. He didn't make a, a, a throw that he did. Like the, the Jake Ferguson throw on the first drive against Rutgers where it got picked off, right? Like he threw it into double coverage. It, it, was just, it was just a bad decision. He didn't have any of those throws the other night. No. He didn't make a bad throw. You can, you can honestly say all 16 throws he made were the right throw, the right placement, right where it needed to be, should have been 16 for 16 with two touchdowns. Even the incompletion in the end zone, I really like it like, was a good, let's be fair. It was a good play by the DB. Oh yeah. Mark sound probably wants to come up with that one. I've also seen some people say that, you know, Ches Malusi was open underneath, but in general, given where they were in the game, the fact is the confidence to make that throw and fit it in a tight window to Allen who had a drop in the beginning of the game. Mertz goes right back to him throughout, which I loved. There's another thing from the offense, but the fact that he has the confidence to gun it in there in the tight window, I think that speaks volumes because last year when some of those throws were made, they weren't made with the most uh, assertiveness speed wise. At least the thing about the Mark about going back to Marcus Allen, he was, he was asked whether he had any words for him after, after the drop because yeah, I did. Uh, and we, I, I had some words. We got past past it and I went right back to him. He's my dog. They spent time together uh, in Kansas City uh, over, over spring break, working out with his his guy. Like he's he's tight, very tight with Marcus Allen, and so he can have those conversations. When Marcus Allen, I mean, it was a, it was a ball that was right on the money, right where it needed to be, and he didn't catch it. Um, and there were some words, and they got past it, and he went back to him a bunch. Um, Marcus Allen was, you know, consistently his favorite target much of the night, outside of you know the the one drive to, to or the two drive two drive situation with Chimray DK. Mark Allen had a bigger impact than I thought he was going to have based on what we had seen in fall camp. Um, what we thought he was going to be coming out of bowl prep was what he was on Saturday night, minus the, the one egregious drop and the other one that he probably thinks he should have caught. Which my only thought immediately when that happened was it's week one. 
Like, yes, that's a play, I think, as we go forward into Big Ten play that will be made uh, almost all the time. But just think about how big it was. Yeah. They didn't touch the ball again in the first quarter. I know. I tweeted, like, uh, can we get Graham Mertz some reps here? Right. You know? Hey, uh, can, uh, can can Keanu Benton not get called for a ridiculous, uh, uh, what was it, roughing the passer call? That was a bad call. It was a horrible call. The one on the, the late head out of bounds, you know, that's probably going to get called these days. But Keanu was a bad call. Um, I want to go offense as a whole. So I, with Mertz, it must be said, the opponent is the opponent. I thought there were tight window throws. My favorite one he made was third and six, Illinois State 34-yard line. It was right before Mertz got sacked. So on the field goal drive uh, there early-ish in the game, it's third and six, a 19-yarder to Marcus Allen over the middle on some sort of, of post route where he, he drops back and his eyes are first to the left side of the field. You see a linebacker in the middle of the field clearly take a step or two over and then fires over the middle to hit Allen. It was a pretty tight window throw, but those were ones, at least I see, those weren't ones that were made last year. And then that, to me, also spiraled into later in the game. We saw a tough throw on the sideline to Chimray DK. I just, I, I was very impressed. I thought he looked different, but he wasn't pressured. The opponent is the opponent. So this is all grain of salt. Though I don't think I could sit here and say I need to see more from him in a game like that. I thought that's the first throw that he that uh, Allen dropped was the same throw that you're talking about. The same window, the same uh, not the same window, but the same type of route that he mm-hmm. ran later on. So it's not like he went away like he they just went away from it, wasn't going to do it again. He's like, here, I'm going to put the ball right where it needs to be, and he put it right on him. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not worried that he dropped it the first time. That's confidence in a guy. And I don't know necessarily that maybe is the case in, in previous years, certainly with a young guy like that. Yeah. So Mertz impressive. We'll get into uh, maybe what needs to happen now. Let's say when pressures faced against, I, I'll say Ohio state, maybe we see it this weekend against Washington state. They had seven sacks last week. They did Yeah. against Idaho, Idaho. Yeah. Uh, oof. Seven point win. And needed an interception at the goal line a la John Torchio to get out of there with the win. Yeah, we will. Uh, so we're live also, Kenyon Halpern, Thursday, 5-6. to six. We'll, we'll get into Washington State as the week goes on. I want to talk Bobby Ingram. I want to talk offense as a whole because where I think we can start to take stuff away is the play of Mertz, but also how the offense operated. To me, the things I said going into the week, I didn't think we would see everything on tape, obviously. It's Illinois State. You don't need it. We obviously saw the Chimray DK screen pass the play action, come back to the other side screen that goes for 74 yards. But overall, the offense was explosive. I said I needed to see it because last year, one of their big problems when they were struggling, they just could not find an explosive play. They were extremely explosive. You obviously have the Braylon Allen run. If the DK catch Mertz went down the field a bit and in the red zone, Zach, four of four, three touchdowns, one field goal. They were situationally really good. They were horrible in the red zone last year. Like I, I, I thought that, that was as big of note as any. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in FBS in touchdown percentage last year. Oh not, yeah, not overall percentage, but touchdown percentage. It was really, really bad. And for them to go three of four to start the season, a huge. And obviously, it was Penn State last year, but they struggled against Eastern Michigan too, mm-hmm. to an extent. It was. I think that was as notable as anything. But yes, uh, big plays. Yeah, but Ben, what if you took those plays away? <laughs> what what? 
what did that offense do? Well, you know what? That's not what you get to do. You don't get to you don't get to take those plays away. Those plays happen. It's not their fault that they were explosive and made big plays. Like that's the point of an offense: make big plays, score a lot, score a bunch of points. They did. It's also the point of a game like this. I didn't necessarily want to see him just gain six yards or five yards per play with a bunch of run plays, maybe a seven yard pass, and they go down methodically. I wanted to see just signs of the explosion. So, yeah, the whole what about thing. I, I saw that all over. It's like, yeah, if you want to take away what they did well and say they were bad, sure, you're allowed to do that. Uh, I'm not going to draw a golf comparison because I know you'll roll your eyes. But there's another thing in the golf world happening where when I criticize something, people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, what about what this golfer's doing? And it's, what about him? It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a plague on the country. It's, it's quite infuriating. But, yeah, the situationally uh, great stuff we saw, the fact that, Two of those passes, uh, two of the touchdowns, excuse me, of the three were passes uh, of, or no, one was a pass, excuse me, to DK, right? Which one? Me? For some reason, I have two touchdown passes in my brain. Uh, there was only one touchdown. Pass. Okay. So yeah. he throws the one to DK, but the fact last year, we didn't really see, especially early on, Mertz complete those passes in the red zone. Uh, that was a very good sign. Just overall, I early returns on Bobby Ingram are positive. I mean, I don't think we learned everything, but we saw at least a sense of when Wisconsin is in a formation that we see all the time, and then they look like they're going to run a play to Braylon Allen, we also see all the time, and then they do something out of it that we had not yet seen. To me, positive sign number one. Wrinkle number one. Yeah, sure. I'm kind of tired of that word. What? I don't know why. What would you prefer? I don't know. New, New what? a little bit it's a new wrinkle i don't know i'll workshop it please do i feel like everyone's using that word i feel like the word's getting old okay all right that's Uh, just me uh, okay in terms of bobby ingram that one play gives you hope because it was not a play that was in their playbook last year we heard that from uh dk we heard that from graham mertz it's something that would have not have happened last year and for them to not take advantage of something that is so wisconsin right like just run running the ball running the ball, running the ball, and for not to take advantage of everyone's belief that that's exactly what they're going to do um, is short-sighted on the offense, like offensive personnel's uh, or the offensive coaching staff's part. Like, why would you not take advantage of it? And maybe I think it's it was also interesting to hear Chimray say they trusted us with it. And maybe they didn't trust him last year. Maybe the, there hmm. wasn't the trust there to be able to do something like that. I don't know why there wouldn't be, but again, that's what he said. And uh, the, his only uh, gripe was... Or his, you know, his only issue with the heat entire thing was getting caught. Um, yeah. He goes, I'm sorry about that. I Like, I, I I did my best. I just couldn't get by. But then he made up for it with the touchdown catch later on on another really well-designed play that kind of set it up uh, with, the, with the type of, uh, I think they were in cover two, set it up perfectly, perfectly, um, the, the route combination between him and Keontes Lewis. Yeah, that is one of those deals you mentioned, the trust thing. Those are kind of plays that if they go bad, they go quite bad, right? as opposed to running to the right side for four yards, that could easily be a play that's blown up and, and taken for a big loss. Well, and here's the other thing. What if the guy doesn't blitz off the edge? If the guy doesn't blitz off the edge, like that's why it was so big, because there was no safety there. Yeah. The safety came off the edge. There was nobody left there. Jack, he goes, yeah, Jack Nelson got a, uh, a good block. I'm like, he did not get a good block. He barely touched the guy. No, they but. got the offensive lineman out on the outside too, and the one cornerback out there just took the worst route ever and didn't really need to be blocked. And then the offensive lineman tried to find guys to block, but they were all gone. Jack Nelson was trying to block the, the corner. Yeah. He tried to. 
either way, he gave Jack Nelson a lot of credit for it. I don't know why, but um, no, I'm kidding. If the if the safety doesn't blitz, and maybe he's maybe it's not as big of a play because um, he's going to be flowing over to that side, but maybe he's not necessarily um, able to get the seventy four yards. But it, when he came off the edge, Jim Rance is like, as soon as I saw him come off the edge, I knew it was going to be huge. Well, that is one of those deals going forward where teams will if they don't uh, if they aren't concerned with what Mertz can do passing wise, like we saw Minnesota do to them last season, they could just run blitz. Uh, more often than not. So that is a look that Wisconsin could in theory be seeing in the future where let's say Braylon Allen's unstoppable and they are forced to bring eight guys down. And then you have these plays to then take advantage of one V one. When I, I, I think it's huge. Like a lot of people are like, why would you put that on tape? Well, put it on tape, put it on tape and make people prepare for it because otherwise you're getting exactly what they got most of that game. And that is uh, people coming out, you know, ha- hair on fire after the run game. Oh, so 100% put it on tape, make them have a little bit of a thought in their mind. Like, okay, maybe I can't, maybe I can't just go all out here that it's possible that something else is going to be coming out of this. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. If I can somehow lighten the box in any way I can, that is naturally helping the team win, yeah. right? Like Wisconsin is still Wisconsin. Braylon Allen ran for what? 140 yards, uh, 148, two touchdowns. Ches Malusi 10 for 48, who, by the way, what a what a debut at, or a return coming back after the injury. He looked he looked spry. He looked really good. And, and they're uh, among the, the the media, a lot of belief that he looked quicker and faster, at least initially, than he did it at last year. And I and I remember talking to him about this. He said he was dealing with some stuff before the knee injury that was kind of holding him back. Like he was not fully healthy even before the knee injury happened against Rutgers. So yeah, he does. I mean I. I, th- I think he does look quicker. I think he does look better. And then Isaac Garendo, too, getting him uh, some opportunities. And Julius Davis obviously got a bunch of opportunities. But I tweeted it during the game. I think Julius Davis would start for Purdue in the backfield. <laughs> you just hate you hate Purdue's run game. Like It's, it, it's like not it, that I it's hate like it. It's an affront to your senses. It's not that I hate it. It just sucks. It's an affront to your senses. It's, it's kind of you, disrespectful to the Big Ten West. You Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, that's... A little bit. You're all in on, like, Wisconsin, like, you, the... You went to you obviously from the East Coast, but you went to Wisconsin, so you're all in on Wisconsin, and you believe everything that Wisconsin does. And if another team does not do the same things, like in terms of being able to run the ball, it's like, what is wrong with you? No, but I look what, around what? the West, Ugh. and well, Iowa's bad at everything, so that's a bad comparison. <laughs> uh, Minnesota, Mo Ibrahim back, look good this weekend. They're a very good running team. Illinois, uh, Chase Brown, good running back, good running team. Northwestern with Evan Hull. Like I, that is kind of what the big 10 West is to be a spread offense passing team. I smiled when Purdue was physically unable to run the ball to close a game and they lost because of it. You're such a big West, big 10 West snob. That's just, that is what it is. Uh, Final thought, uh, a couple thoughts on the offense before we transition over guys that just, I, I I made a little circle or I was typing. So it was a metaphorical circle. I, I thought Tyler beach looked so good at guard at least in the moments where he was isolated or we saw him, you know, go to make a big block. I thought he looked really good. The Rucci and Cundiff tight end safety valve worked great. And that goes back to the whole thing with Mertz. It was all about timing to me on Saturday where like there was a time the corner was playing 13 yards off uh, Skylar Bell on the outside and Mertz just gave him the ball on a, uh, maybe even a three, like he just ran three yards and turned around, got the ball, ended up picking up seven, eight, nine yards. Those are free yards when someone gives you that much space. 
Wisconsin really attacked that, which I liked. My big question moving forward is what happens when they're hitting the mouth for the first time? And it's not that I doubt their ability, but things are going to look a little different, obviously, when they are. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's really it. I, I'm over the moon about Ches Malusi. I, I really am. Over the moon. The fact that he's back. I just think it's so important. I, Braylon Allen did look tired at the end of that touchdown run. She I think he said he was. Did. He did. Yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, and he did say he was. Yes. The funniest thing, the funniest thing about that goes, yeah, I was, I was, I was tired by the end. All right, no, I asked him if he was going to get caught. He goes, I thought the guy might catch me, but I wasn't going to get tackled. He was looking over his right shoulder to look for a guy when the, the guy was on the person left. pursuing was right to his when left. When he did that, I'm like, he's going to get caught on the left. He's That's what I thought as well. But no, he didn't. He's like, yeah, I mean, if the guy caught me, it's not like I'm getting tackled. That would be a tough way to lose uh, breaking a record for Wisconsin, which yeah. must be noted. The longest run, uh, my first thought was that's maybe because uh, offenses or defenses in the past I can't remember my take. It was some take about how other offenses wouldn't get stuck at their own four-yard line. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it clearly wasn't that well thought In, out of a take. I remember that day so well that James White broke it because it was just such a nasty day. It was raining. It was foggy. Like, it was just an absolutely horrible game to be at. Nobody was there in uh, 2013. And it was like, it was either the first or second drive of the game. And he just brushed it off. and was like, yep, that makes sense. You know how many points they average against Indiana in that stretch? 2010, 2011, 2010, they put up 83. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to guess 70. Uh, under In James White's tenure, <laughs> they had to have averaged at least like 55 or 60 points against Indiana. Indiana fans are really glomming on to that 2020 win. That's all they have. That's the only time they've beaten them since I want to say like, oh, f- something. I don't even know last time they beat them. Yeah. Before yeah. that, it had been a time. Like them and Purdue, it had been a time. Like Purdue hasn't beaten them since 03. Uh Indiana hadn't beat them in a really, really long time until that game. Might have been 2002. Yeah, they are uh, still glomming on to that. And uh, congratulations to them. They won their Super Bowl this weekend. They beat Illinois when they probably shouldn't have. Uh, All right, there it is. That is the offense, Zach. Uh, We're going to get more into Graham Mertz and everything as we move along. But there was another side of the football to address. Maybe a little, uh, a couple more questions raised than we had before entering the game. That is the defense. We're talking about it next, coming up a little later on as well. Stock up, stock down from the week in Big Ten football. And I have uh, an official statement to read to the people about the hump around uh, Tim Brando dancing during jump around on Saturday. We'll get to all that. It's all coming up. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Your Wisconsin Badgers are 1-0. They dropped in the AP poll. And that is the time I will give to the AP poll uh, until the Big Ten season starts. And we have enough actual games to evaluate teams on. Uh, that is why, uh, why while Iowa, you know, scored seven points, zero touchdowns, had probably the worst quarterback game I've ever seen. I, I'm not going to come out and say that they're the worst offense I've ever seen. Uh, they just so far or the worst offense I've ever seen. Do you know what his QBR was? 1.1. Apparently the lowest ever in the QBR era. QBR yeah. era. I don't even know if that's true or not. I saw it, and I'm going to repeat it because it probably is true. That's that's horrible. I think that's... You, do you know what the QBR, like what that says? You win 1.1% 1. 1 
of the game. Uh, you win 1, 1.1% of the time when your quarterback plays like that. I think they would have been better off if he kneeled three times every drive and punted. Maybe. They Look, still probably Dakota, would have won. South Dakota State, South Dakota State. They're fine, good. Good FCS team. Or they're, but they have a good defense. Yeah. Here's the thing. Don't play good FCS teams. Play bad ones like Wisconsin did. Yeah. Uh, so a 38 to nothing win. The defense did pitch a shutout, Zach. They did. However, Illinois State with an FBS caliber quarterback in Zach Anikstad, they were able to find some success in the passing game through the air. They took advantage of some one-on-one matchups on the outside. Some of it was great coverage. Some of it, some guys got beat. Overall, what did you see from the defense? Because there were some mistakes early with missed tackles. Uh, a couple, uh, Illinois State moved the ball, for lack of a better term, early in that game. And then Wisconsin kind of, you know, clamped down and suffocated them to a shutout. Is the game different if John Tarchio doesn't pick the ball? The result, no. I think it would have taken a little bit longer for Wisconsin to blow them out. Well, I mean, uh, Nick, Nick uh, Herbig called it the play of the game. He thought uh, without it, it may have been a dogfight. I don't know if that's you know serious or not but yeah they the defense so many like and this was I, I i got called out for this which is fine um i said they have a chance to be at the same level as last year's at least approach it and i got a whole bunch of people coming at me with you know not a chance after like a, after a half <laughs> after a half of football um which is fine again i don't have a, you bring that i'm all, i'm okay with that you call me out on I, my deacon hill thing went horribly wrong so I, far Still time, according to Deacon as well. Um, but I'm not going to back off the defensive thing. It was it was one game, and it was one game in which a lot of young guys were making their first starts and or making their first like significant playing time appearances. Uh, certainly wasn't the case at cornerback. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Jay Shaw had played a lot. John Torchio's played a lot. Nobody else on that defense outside of Nick Herbig and Keanu Benton had pl- and Isaiah Mullins had played a ton. So you're asking for when you have to replace all those big-time players they had last year, specifically at inside linebacker, you're going to have ups and downs. And that's the point of playing these games against these type of opponents early on. You don't have to hit the ground running. You've got time. You've got time. You've got a few weeks. And so I think, for me, that's what Friday uh, Saturday night was about. Building up, learn, getting more uh, game reps, learning. And uh, things did not always go perfect, but there were enough good signs that uh, I still am not going to back off of that that take. First of all, they got better as the game went along. So that's enough of the evidence you need that, you know, eight new starters, it makes sense for them to stumble out of the gates a bit. Some of the penalties, like the reason Illinois State drove the field early is because those were just bad penalties and either bad calls or a bad penalty to commit. But I'm going to defend you here and issue an overall apology to the people oh. because I've spoken for the last month plus about how important this three-game stretch is for Graham Mertz and the offense with all the new staff there. Just getting going, getting confident, seeing what works, putting stuff on tape, all that stuff. I have grossly underestimated how important this three-game stretch is for the defense. When they replace eight starters, it makes sense, at least in the beginning, for there to be some adjustment period where we still see some mistakes made, whether it's, you know, not containing on a side or uh, a coverage bust here or there, like we saw in week one last year. And that was uh, probably the greatest defense I've ever seen Wisconsin have. So 
this three-game stretch, I think, is so much more important to this defense than we have talked about, especially myself, uh, speaking for me. From what I saw, like the big question, can the secondary be good enough? But in general, if I look at this Wisconsin team, and I could say the same thing about Ohio State, but the other side of the ball, if I have a question about this defense, then they're probably in a pretty good spot if I feel more confident about the offense, just generally, right? Because Jim Leonard's there. You know the personnel is there. It might just take some time. Ohio State, it's flipped around where the offense struggled a bit on Saturday, but the defense was terrific. And if you're concerned about the offense at Ohio State with what they have there, then they're probably in a pretty good spot as a team. So that was my big takeaway defensively. Yeah, they're, all the mistakes that were made are fixable. We got to talk to uh, Nick Herbig after the game, and this was his quote. He said, why he was upset or why he called Wisconsin defense performance average despite them getting the shutout, their ninth since 2015, the second most of anybody in the country. That's a lot. Uh, quote, just too many big plays and dumb mistakes. Penalties that shouldn't happen, missing tackles, missing reads. That's something we can all clean up on. It's just little things, but we want to be perfect. And Jim Leonard said the same thing. You, meant, you mentioned some of the plays that were, I should say, I we talked about it earlier in the show, some of the plays that Zach Anikstead made. Some of them were just really good throws. They were. Jim Leonard said, you know, there are there were a couple things like maybe we should have done this or this, but sometimes you just have to tip your cap and be like, that's a really good play. It doesn't matter what level you are. I don't. And people are like, well, it's an FCS, an FCS perfect ball and an FBS perfect ball are the exact same thing. It doesn't matter if you put the ball in the right exact spot and a guy makes a play. A guy makes a play. And yes, they were without Alexander Smith. They were without Justin Clark, two of their top three guys. Doesn't matter. Ricardo Hallman is going to play a bunch this year. You know, um, Cedric Dort's going to play a bunch this year. So, like, those are guys who are going to have to be on the field for you. And they're going to – there's going to be a learning. There's going to be a learning curve at times. I also felt as though generally – and I could be wrong on this. This was my initial sense when watching the game and going back and re-watching as much as I could. It didn't seem like – they didn't throw that much at Illinois State. It kind of – I don't want to use the word bland because, you know, it's still Jim Leonard's defense. But – I just some of it felt very straightforward. I thought there were quite a few stunts. I thought there was a lot of stunting along the the line, especially with the the outside linebackers. We saw the inside linebackers come early. Like some of their bigger plays were the result of them going after them, yep. you know. But for the most part, I, I I would suggest you're right. I also think it was they had no idea what Illinois State was going to be thrown at them because it was a new right. offensive coordinator. Um, you didn't know exactly how much of what he had done before was going to come with him. And so it was learning on the fly. And there's a few people that I, I will uh, will say are better than Jim Leonard at, like, figuring out what's going on and kind of changing it up and, and being able to get on the right page. And I, I also think, you know, when you have a guy in Jack Sanborn who had been there a starter for three years and is, like, kind of the voice of your defense and is able to get guys lined up and, and know everything, that you're going to have some mistakes when you have a younger group out there. But, again... All these things that we're talking about are all fixable and and come with experience. And getting the tape. Just like it's very straightforward. If there were things that were specifically missed on, like I I don't think I trust anybody more than Jim Leonard to get those fixed. Yeah. Even as the game and as the season goes on. Like contain on the outside. That that's not a unfixable problem. Like if if you didn't have the talent and the ability to uh, have guys contain, okay. But that's not an issue for them. Like those, those are all those are all fixable mistakes and ones that you are obviously much happier to have uh, Saturday night than you will be three weeks from Saturday night. 
I want to hit rapid fire. Uh, some of the guys that I thought uh, really stood out in terms of good, and a lot of them being the new faces. I'm not going to say Herbig and Benton here because mm. I, I, I will say Benton, actually. Mm. He was Zach Anigstad, uh, and roughing the passer was not called on any of these, probably rightfully so. He was on his back I, every time I looked up because of Keanu Benton, where he did get a lot of the throws off, but Benton was there. He said, I, he goes, I didn't get any sacks, but I certainly got my hits. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of big ones. So that's number one. John Torgio, you mentioned him. Uh, his sense for where the ball is going to be continues to baffle me in a really good way. Like he told, every time he's out there. He told Herbig he was going to be, he told him he was going to pick the ball off. Now that was not so much as a uh, prediction as it was like of a callback to practice where apparently Herbig tells him like all the time, I'm going to pick this ball off. I'm going to pick this ball off. And it absolutely never happens. This, <laughs> this time, this time he's telling Herbie, Herbie, this is mine. I'm, I'm picking this ball off. And for it to happen, like right there, he's, he's got a nose for it. I thought the interior also of the defensive line looked really good. James Thompson Jr. in the snaps he got, uh, I thought looked like a wall there. And Gio, Gio Pius, first play on the field. Yeah. Tackle well, for loss. After the, after the Benton uh, crap call on the, uh, on the, 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 the uh, quarterback getting hit late. Illinois State didn't lay a finger on him. Hey, you, hey he's too quick for him. Yeah, quick, which too, is a quick, too quick to get a finger on him. There were some baffling moments there. And then also when Miles Burkett got sacked late in the game where... Uh, I don't know how much blocking was done of the guy coming up the middle. Well, the center uh, didn't block who he probably wanted to. Yeah. Trey Wedding, first first time at center. Right. Um, Kamoe Latu, the safety position with Hunter Wohler. Seems like he's going to be out an extended period of time. Uh, we don't know the timeline, correct? It's going to be a bit. They're still not sure how long it's going to be, but it would suggest that it's going to be quite a bit. Safe to say a while. I was impressed with what I saw from Kamoe Latu in his first time out there as a Badger. Uh, he is, he's fast, but it also it, like his closing, the closing speed feels like instantaneous uh, kind of deal with him out there. So I, I, in terms of a guy that transferred in, uh, not last minute, but late in the process where it's a shallow position and you keep getting hit with injuries there. I am impressed with him. And I tweeted, I'm buying stock now on him being the most impactful transfer this team landed in the offseason. I enjoyed talking to him. That's the first time I had a chance to talk to him yesterday. And the first question I asked him, because I saw him on Saturday night, he was all out on special teams. Hits all the time. It felt like even when there wasn't a, a ball coming out, like it was going to be you know, just a touchback, he was still hitting guys. He goes, that's still my time. So I asked him what his mentality was. Kill. <laughs> and he paused. And I laughed, and he's like, legally. legally. <laughs> but he also got. He also said that, uh, like, I thought he got in trouble with the official for, like, one of those hits. But apparently, because I, I saw the official talking to him, and he just gave him a thumbs up. But apparently it was because he was dancing. And he, was, he goes, yeah, the, the, the official didn't like my hip movement. Apparently I was, <laughs> I was giving a little bit too much hip, hip movement out there. Uh, speaking of hip movement, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a little bit, uh, Tim Brando, and jump around. Uh, a, a couple other... Uh, New, like notes, just things I jotted down across uh, throughout the game. Some more Melvin made a play, big play. Yeah. And I, that's a name we haven't really talked about much this off season. Well, that's because he hasn't been healthy the last two years. I mean, yeah. the last time you can really truly remember seeing him is when big 10 championship game, when he actually, uh, excuse me, uh, against Minnesota in the de facto big 10 West championship game where he got beat on the first play, right? Uh, Rashad Bateman beat him for a touchdown, came back, had a really good game the rest of the way, and then yeah. played in the Big Ten Championship game. He's been kind of MIA the last two years because of injury, but 
you're playing on that defense in 2019, some of the talent that they had in that defense, um, you, you know he's good. If he can stay on the field, they've got another guy they can count on. Uh, and the other that was way up there, uh, I there wasn't a lot of Jordan Turner flash, but I thought there was a good amount of Muma Jongmeta flash in his first start. There were some plays that weren't cleaned up early from from what I could see going back through the game, but he was everywhere uh, in terms of just uh, the speed, the pursuit, being at the ball. So good news there. Just generally, I I came away from this game like I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not freaking out. Like they moved the ball. It's also it tells you how high the standard is. We're having this conversation. They scored zero points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that's it's just because of the standard they've set these last ran for 57 yards these last six years you wonder if it might have been different if Mueller hadn't got hurt I don't know if it might have been different yeah I don't know um probably not because they would have gotten it figured out but yeah it's different all right uh there is more to get to stock up stock down from week one of the big 10 season and as previously alluded to the hump around uh Tim Brando dancing during the jump around we'll hit all that next it's Kenny and Heilprin this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin coming up on Thursday, live at Monks, 5 to 6. We preview the Washington State game and chat more about, you know, where Graham Mertz is, where the offense is, what this team could be. Since I gave the AP rankings, I'm going to give the ones that at least a, a ranking system that I like more at this stage of the year because it isn't all just based on guys voting on teams from last year. There's a little more that goes into it. SP plus Zach, I know you might not be the biggest fan of it. I'm just going to present this without any context. Uh, Wisconsin sits at ninth. Of course they do. They love Wisconsin. I Wisconsin know. last year was like in the top 10 the entire year, despite being top four. Despite being horrible, uh, despite being horrible to start last year, yes, like like really really bad to start last year. They were one and three to start last year for the first time in thirty years, and they were still in like a top ten SP team. Yeah, uh, because, because of their defense. Because they're great defensively. I I I, I don't know. It, it's not a. It, it does not take into the whole of the football team. That is true. Uh, I do think it it looks better into the future than other rating systems do. Better than the AP poll. Doubtful. I mean, <laughs> they moved Florida from unranked to number 11 after winning at home against Utah, which is an impressive win. But how is it that forward looking if you're going to jump them up? You know, it's funny to 11, very reminiscent of Wisconsin and LSU back in 2016, where Wisconsin was unranked in that going into that year. LSU was fifth. Wisconsin beats LSU at Lambeau, which was a home game. Yep. And it came right down to the wire and Wisconsin jumped all the way up into the top 15 that team proved to be worthwhile of that jump yes no i'm not saying uh, you know so you I, can't sit here and say that i don't think Anthony Richardson is. as quarterback pretty damn talented kid oh he's great yeah so i look utah i think a lot of people think they have are gonna be a very good team and i still do still have a chance like i think their chance of getting into the playoff now is kind of ruined because they don't necessarily have maybe you maybe usc Maybe people's belief of USC can give them a shot, but I know you're not a USC guy either. So, like, if you think who's you my think, number four pick in the playoff is what you're asking? No, I'm just saying like you don't think a Pac-12 team has a chance to get in the playoff, right? Oh, or do you think Utah still can? I mean, USC has a chance if they win all its games. I think Utah still can, no doubt. 
there's no shame in losing a road game to an SEC team. Unless that team isn't as good as you seem to think it. Like, if, if you think the team is not very My good. My whole statement was about why are you moving Florida up that far if you thought they were so bad preseason? Either A, you were stupid to think they were bad, or B, they aren't that good as they, you know, are ranked now. Generally, I think they should have. Or isn't it, isn't it better to correct a mistake than it is to keep on making it? Well, I guess this is this is a statement on preseason polls and week one polls when so much happens and there's so much movement. Let's just make the poll week four when so, we know things. So USC probably should have been unranked then based on what happened. Based on what? Like the, the offseason. Like like no, the I don't think USC matter. should have been. No, the offseason does matter. Okay, then why would we not uh, at least understand that and let them deal uh, and be able to understand what happened all over the place so that you can have a week one poll because I think because the it's week not one, accurate. Enough? No, because the week one poll weighs too much into what we think going deeper into the year, because I think a lot of people are drawn to their preconceptions of teams. And then that naturally hurts ones that maybe are deserved of like who? being higher in theory. It happens with, or it happened with group of five teams. Eh, who cares about group of five okay. teams? Absolutely right. nobody. All right. Stock up, stock down. We're done with this conversation. (laughs) Defending week one polls. Get out of here. Uh, Stock up, stock down from the week in Big Ten football. I guess this kind of has to do with the poll. My biggest stock up, Wisconsin's chances in the Big Ten West. Yeah. First of all, Purdue lost to Penn State. And putting aside how they looked, that was, as we have talked about, a very, very important game for them if they were going to go and take the lead in the West. They lost. So that's already a leg up that Wisconsin has. Uh, I will sit here and say that, yes, I agree. Um, they have lost any chance that it has expired. Their chances of winning the Big Ten West has expired. Yeah, I said it. Surprisingly, I agree. Man. I thought you were just emotional because I they was, lost. I was, man, I was, <laughs> I was so drunk. I was so, anytime I throw something at the end of it, like, yeah, yeah, I said it of a tweet. <laughs> wasted. Wasted. Uh, the rest of the West, and I'm going to save Iowa because they're my stock down. Uh, the rest of the West, why I say this, Minnesota did dominate New Mexico State, worth noting. Wisconsin plays New Mexico State, probably the third worst team in college football mm-hmm. in two weeks. They got outgained 485 to 91. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was like 280 to three at halftime. Like it was a beatdown. Minnesota's legit. So that's, I think, still the one team up there with Wisconsin. You're sitting here saying you you can't have a, a conversation about not liking week one polls because we don't know about these teams, and then to ha- sit there and say Minnesota's legit. No, I'm talking about the stock this up is, or stock down in the West. This is just overreaction. Where they're trending. This is just overreaction. Obviously. No, no. It's, no, you called them legit. Yeah, because I thought that before the season. But I'm not, like, ranking them anywhere. I just think they are a good football team. Okay. You got a horrible coach, though. I can't really argue with that. Um, but Illinois, not that Illinois had a you know big chance to go up there, but they choked away a game against yep. Indiana. Yep. Uh, Northwestern did not play. The other one, the other big one, at least, uh, Nebraska did win. They look like crap again against uh, North Dakota. one of the Dakotas. Not even the, not even North Dakota State. Not Just even the good one. North Dakota. <laughs> uh, the other big note, stock down from the week, nepotism. Mm. Brian Fa- First, Kirk Ferentz, what are you doing? Just generally, like everybody with an eye, one eye, let alone two, could see last year that maybe your son was not best fit to be your offensive coordinator. You brought him back. That was arguably the worst offensive game against a solid FCS defense, whatever, 
arguably the worst offensive game we have ever seen. Did you think for a second, like, oh, my God, could this happen to Wisconsin tonight? No. Not at all. Not at all. Because some people put Spencer Peters and Graham Mertz and the two offenses in the same sentence. Yeah. I I disagree with that, okay. generally. All right. I've always thought Mertz is better than Petrus. Okay. Uh, Petrus is uh, still the bottom-ranked quarterback in my imaginary Big Ten West quarterback They're not imaginary. power put, rankings. They're not imaginary. You put them down on on Twitter. That's, that's as well. We're not going to say them over air. So if you want to go find them, I'm <laughs> at Benzie Kenny on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's really it from, from the week. Michigan's damn good. Uh, Ohio state's defense looks scary. I was going to say, yeah, stock up, uh, Ohio state defense, their offense, not great, but J- Jim Knowles. And again, it's Notre Dame with a young quarterback, but I look good. Look oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, they looked in smarter people than me broke it down a lot. And I was watching a lot of stuff and listening showing the differences between Kerry Combs defense last year and what Jim Knowles has already brought. They had Zach Harrison dropping into pass coverage. They're just not a bland, boring thing. Ohio state scares me sitting here today more than they did uh, before last weekend. You literally had them mortal at the beginning of that game. Yes. Uh, not all 11 point wins are created equal. Okay. That was impressive. I was impressed. Yeah. All right. Uh, I we, think I'm going to save my stock down for the other side of the break. Cause I think, that's what it, yeah. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. We're going to hit that next. Final segment, Kenny and Heilprin, back after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. About a minute until we're out of here. Zach, real quick, your stock down which I will definitely echo and give my statement on as well. Uh, stock down our eyeballs uh, because we had to watch <sighs> Tim Brando. Hide your kids. Tim Brando uh, get up in Spencer Tillman during jump around, uh, which is being called now, I believe, all around the all around the world, the hump around. I would like a public apology issued for defacing Wisconsin's time old tradition, uh, at least on the television broadcast. There is an audible gasp made by Tillman that I'm not going to play when it happened, but ugh, tough, tough scene. Luckily, Jason Benetti next week. Uh, Zach and I, we will talk to you on Thursday, live from Monks, 5 o'clock. See you then. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.